Okay, there. There. Now I'm recording. Are you happy? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> you didn't even fucking get it right and we're in the same room. <laughs> you went too fast. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> Three, two, one. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Steal These Records, uh, a podcast where a friend of mine and I record and write, and that's wrong order, album over the course of a year. I'm this Braden. Is, this is modern technology. We record shit, and then we just edit it into whatever it's supposed to be later. Yeah. So we write, and or we record and then write an album. Cool. What's your fucking name? I'm Mac. Awesome. I'm still Braden. This podcast is going to be a little different this time because we're in the same room for once. And this is the part where the people who don't listen to a ton of podcasts are like, they're not always in the same room? We probably let the cat out of the bag in episode three. Well, we're like, there's a significant delay. (laughs) Yeah. Man. No, one of us just got hit in the head real hard before we started recording. (laughs) We're we're totally always Just completely hammered. Yeah, that's yeah. We're always in the same room. We're just smashed every uh, single time. Yeah, and that's why there's a delay. So, I realized that for the past like two or three episodes, I have talked about my album that you've suggested before you've talked about your album that I suggested. So fuck you. You're going first this time. Um. So you asked me to listen to uh, Julian Baker's um, Turn Out the Lights. Yeah, Turn Out the Lights. Um. There's not a lot of music that has made me more want to kill myself than that Julian Baker record. And that is a compliment because I think it's like a mission accomplished kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. I it's feel supposed like this, to be a depression record. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily make you want to kill yourself, but definitely make you want to think about whether or not you want to kill yourself. Like the whole theme of the album is I kind of want to die, but I kind of don't. And it's a joke, but it's not funny. Yeah, um, I mean, that is basically the album. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that it was that sad. Like, I knew the album was a sad album. Yeah. And, you know, kind of... Like, that. that's kind of the, the, the feel of the album, and it's intentional. I didn't realize it was that sad. Yeah, it's it's kind of different. Like, you had me listen to the uh, Jason Isbell record in our first... Episode, I think. Our yeah, first, that was the first album I suggested to you. Was yeah, and it was it was. I would say that I think that record was sadder than this one, but just in a totally different way. Yeah, very different way. Like yeah. This this album is sad, and like a, this is sad, and it's more sad and more sad. Mm-hmm. If you had asked me to listen to that record in high school, I think it would have affected me in a very different way. Um, what way? This, I mean, I could, I could, hearing what she's singing, I understand what she's saying, um, and I can relate to it in a way because I have felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no great like revelation of oh, this person is saying what I'm thinking and feeling. It was like I under, I kind of understand that. That place, yeah, but I'm I'm not there. Like you're not in that place, so it yeah, it doesn't quite like hit you, hit you. Yeah, it, it's more like I am learning. It, yeah, it's it's more like this is another person, and I'm looking at their feelings from the outside rather than right. This is hitting me right down in my soul, and I actually I like the way that Jason Isbell put the way like how songs work. Mm-hmm. Um. And just to kind of paraphrase the what, like what he said, it feels more like you're looking at someone else with their pants down rather than looking in a mirror at yourself with your pants down. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Which is cool. Like I, I love the album. I only really started listening to Julian Baker about a week before I suggested it to you. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like I, uh, I found her through the, the devil wears Prada's sour breath cover. Gotcha. And that that's one of her songs. Yeah, I really yeah. like that one. That one was good. I thought it was. I thought I thought that was one of the best songs mm-hmm. in the album. And that's one of the songs in the album that is not about contemplating suicide. Mm, sure. I mean, um, it's about abuse making you contemplate suicide. Yeah. Um, do you have any like standout tracks from the album? Um, Sour Breath was good. Um, 
since we're in person, I'm not frantically looking through the track list trying to remember what I liked and didn't. You should pull up the fucking um, track list. That's what I'm doing for your album right now. <laughs> um... Okay, so... Uh... They were all they were all really good though. I I do feel like she has a very specific sound and that sound is every single song very much fits into that same thing, which is yeah. not a problem. Um but it really is a testament to her songwriting that I still I'm I'm just looking at the titles and I was like, "Oh yeah, that was really good." Oh yeah, that one was really good. Oh yeah, that one was really good. So, um, a lot of times with albums like that, you get about halfway through and you're like, okay, I could skip the rest of this album and I probably wouldn't miss much. But um, Shadow Boxing was a real standout to me. I really like that one. Shadow Boxing is a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, Turn out the lights was was good. Um, I think Hurt Less. Hurtless is was good. great. Mm-hmm. Was that the one that is kind of about her trying to get help? Yeah, basically. Essentially. And um, the, the chorus is something like, uh, um, like they say, it gets better. I yeah. know that it's not, but I have to believe that it is. That's appointments. Oh, okay. Well, that's early then. That's the first song. I must have second song. And over is just a prelude. Okay. Never mind. Appointments. Oh, so appointments is the one I was thinking about. I don't remember. Then I was thinking appointments when I said hurt less. That one was hurt less. Yeah. To me was great from a vocal perspective. It's also, that's, that's a song about wearing seatbelts basically. Mm -hmm. Like I used to not wear seatbelts because I didn't see the point in saving myself if I had an accident. Yeah. And And then by the end of it, she's like, like, I wear seatbelts now. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually one of the happiest songs on the record. It is. That's why. Yeah. That I did really like that one. Yeah. It's about her girlfriend. Okay. So, but that's why it's a more hopeful song is because like it's, it's meant to be a positive song. Mm hmm. I didn't, uh, at no point listening to this, was like, hmm, I wonder if she's a lesbian. But I did, I started out trying to watch this album because there's a music video for everything. Yeah. Uh, and there's a playlist on YouTube that's supposed to be this album, but it's all out of order. And there's songs on it that are not in this album and it's missing stuff. And um, so I gave up, but I did see multiple uh, emotional young men in the comments who are like, oh my God, marry me. And then somebody was like, uh, bad news, she's a lesbian. You know, good for her. I don't, I don't know if she's a lesbian or just bisexual or whatever. It doesn't. Ah, well. I just, I just found out because I was, I was reading a whole bunch of articles about her. Okay. And she was just talking about that. She talked about hurt less. Yeah. And um, was talking about how it was written about her girlfriend. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So was this a case for you? Because I guess you just started listening to it like a week before you, you yeah. sent it to me. So you, you kind of discovered the artist and then just devoured everything you could possibly yeah like I, I listened to I listened to the album like two or three times the day I discovered it mm-hmm. it's a good record yeah it's a wonderful record it's very well done I'll probably come back to it yeah um which is which is good yeah know. it's it's definitely a depression album though it is it's not something you want to listen to if you want to feel good I mean Hurt Less is kind of nice in a way sure um even though really the emotional high point of the record is, you know, I think maybe if I'm in a car accident, I, I do want to survive. And like, that's as, that's as positive <laughs> as this album gets. So d- d- just to everyone else who might be listening, that is the high point of the album. That's as positive as it gets. It's like, I think I might want to survive a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a, it is a very good record though. Uh, something we did in episode three, but didn't do in episode four, but I want to keep doing. Um, we need to rate the albums. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't do it last episode. I, I'm i going to have to call this one like a seven. Okay. Um, the lyrics are 
all great. Okay. Um, and there's a couple of vocal performances on this album that are incredible. The last, I think the last track, uh, I think was the one where I was like, holy shit, this girl can sing. Oh yeah. She is a fucking phenomenal singer. Um, but beyond that, the music is very much the same from song to song. Yeah. The melodies are very much the same from song to song. It really sounds like, and I would be shocked if this isn't pretty much exactly what happened is, uh, I, I saw a couple of live videos. I think she's a looper is basically how she She does her shows. So she sets up a chord progression and then she has lyrics and she just kind of, sings them over chords and finds whatever note fits in the chord without a really strong uh, focus on like phrasing and things like that. So yeah. lyrically uh, great. Um, just the quality of the vocals are great. Uh, the production is, is solid if a little bit samey throughout the record. Yeah. It's also very basic production. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's basically her, her looping. Um, yeah, like, and there are some like cool vocal effects, and the guitar yeah. is processed in an interesting way. And, you know. Yeah, but it, but it's very it's, uh, you know, it's not a masterclass in musicianship. No, and it's not a masterclass in like songwriting in a big picture way. Um, but it, its high points are, are are very strong, and it's definitely worth listening to just for the lyrics and the kind of emotional content of the voice. Yeah. So. It's it's one of those albums that it's. Um, I mean, she she does kind of obviously her, her songs aren't anything like it, but she does kind of a similar structure as Ed Sheeran, mm-hmm. where Ed, Ed Sheeran's also a looper. He will, yeah. but Ed Sheeran is also a songwriter. Yeah, she's more of a poet who sings. Yeah, know? which is, which is cool, and that's that's a great thing. Um, but that's why I'm giving it seven instead of a nine or whatever. Yeah. You know, if you wanted me to rate her as a emotional singer or as a lyricist, it might be an eight or a nine. But yeah, but yeah, her focus is more on the uh, about the story of the song rather yeah. than the song itself. And you know, the the music and the production never gets in the way, which is yeah, which is good. Its purpose, yeah, it puts you in the mood to listen to that kind of music, and then it gets out of the way. So yeah, all right. So you had me listen to "Until the Darkness Comes" by S. Reedy. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's S. Period Reedy. It's yeah. not S. Reedy. Yeah, uh, uh, which sounds like potentially a must, much sadder record than this one, just by the title. Yeah, but it's not. No, not really. There's yeah, there's a couple of moments where yeah, it, it gets like it gets sad, but yeah. it doesn't stay there. No, um, it's a hip hop record, mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> yep. In like the loosest possible sense, it's a hip hop record, mm-hmm. but it's got a ton of influences from other stuff. I love that the title, the, not the title track, but the first, um, the first real song "Who Let the Crates Loose" mm-hmm. references uh, Blink One Eighty Two pre Matt Skiba. Yeah, which is <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, yep. Steve would like that actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we have like one of our friend Steve is a Blink One Eighty Two. Super fan, mm-hmm. like could reference any of their songs at any time. <laughs> yeah, um, which we need to get Steve on the show. At some we point. do. We could do it next week. We could. Um, so, I liked the album, although it peaked real early for me. Yeah. Um, who let the Who let the greats loose is my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it ten times. It's, it's an excellent. It's the closest thing to a hit that you're going to get at kind of his level in music, you know? But, like, yeah. when he plays a show, everyone sings along to Who Let's, Who Let the Crates Loose. Who Let the Crates Loose? Yeah, Who Let the Crates Loose. Yeah, that song is, I mean, it's it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Like, just even from just a songwriting perspective, it's yeah. a fucking wonderful song. It's really good. He's an incredible songwriter. Uh, we went to ACM together. Uh, here in Oklahoma City, and I knew him as a kind of punk slash occasional like pop punk songwriter. Um, yeah, and I knew that he was a rapper, but really, that's kind of his main deal is that he's a rapper. And I, can, I mean, I can act, I, I can get a lot of that, yeah. a lot of that influence on mm-hmm. you know, on, like on, on his sound. Obviously, he's a rapper, yeah. but 
one, he he pulls from pop punk and a lot of the melodies he does. Mm-hmm. And also, he makes a ton of references to pop punk. Yeah, he does. Like, a lot. And, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I, I was I was really... I was really impressed with the production of the record. It's a mm-hmm. well-produced album. Yeah. Um, the other thing that kind of... If you take kind of a DIY punk attitude and you apply that to hip-hop production, this album is what you get. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, recorded sounds. I think a lot of the samples are things that he recorded himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, the production is really interesting. And I mean, um, it has a bit of like a, a lo-fi vibe to it. Oh, like absolutely. Lo-fi hip-hop. It's, it's, it's got that going for it. Mm-hmm. By the way, I pointed the mic a little bit more at my face, and now it is, it's picking up my more sound. Good. That's so, usually how mics work. Thank you for that, you know, that, that crash course audio engineer. <laughs> Uh, let me see. I'm looking at other songs that were, that were really, um, that were really real standouts. It's actually a bonus track that I liked a lot. Uh, this house is so cold. Mm-hmm. That is, that was a great song. I remember like looking at it just so I knew to mention it on the podcast. As I was like, oh, that's a good song. Yeah. And oh god, what else? Inauguration was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are the real standouts from. Like, from my point of view. Yeah. Let me look at the list, see if there's anything that yeah, I... Yeah, let me know if there's, like, anything that you really like. By the way, the last song I was listening to on Spotify was Sour Breath. Uh, Nobody Knows was excellent. I really like that one. Nobody Knows was a good song. Um, yeah, This House is So Cold was good, too. Uh, but really, uh, Who Let the Crates Loose and... I think theoretically speaking are my two favorite. No, Gallivanting is, is the, that's, that might be my favorite track of the album. Yeah. I really, really like Gallivanting. I listened to the album again mm-hmm. whenever I was driving up here. I think a part of the thing that I, um, like the reason I can't remember like standout tracks very much is because I just listened to the album as a whole and never checked what song I was on. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to the album from start to finish, yeah. not really paying attention to what song I was listening to. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's good enough. It's like I have it saved now. Good. Like it's in my it's in my downloaded albums now. Mm-hmm. So like I. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I think I think. Uh, I haven't really been in a mood to listen to any like super depressing singer-songwriter stuff for a while. You're but welcome. I, I'm pretty sure that at some point in my life I'll be there, so I'm probably going to go ahead and save that Julian Baker record for the next time I feel like feeling miserable. Yeah, I mean, I, I spend like an outsized amount of time feeling miserable, <laughs> and that music is just perfect for it. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Um, yeah. So... I'm going to go ahead and give that album, I'm going to give it a seven and a half okay. out of ten. Okay. Um, just because there there were some songs that I was like, that doesn't Could've quite need that. to be there. Yeah. Um, and there were songs like I skipped on like subsequent playthroughs of the album. Mm-hmm. Like first run, first run through, I always listen to everything. Yeah. But second run through and third run through, I was like, okay, okay I mm-hmm. can... I could probably skip these. Yeah. So there are a few songs that were not great, but there were some songs that I was like, this is like, like this is some of the best rap I've heard in a while. Yeah. And you know, he's a, he's, I think you would probably still consider him a fairly fresh artist and this is his first full length. So I think there's some room for that, you know, and you don't have to. Oh yeah. You don't expect first albums to be perfect. Yeah. You don't, you don't, doesn't have to have, you know, Top to bottom, just bangers all the way through. Yeah. Then there is all. There's always some refining. That's what. Well, that's why a lot of people, I think, like it's it's a common trope that like your sophomore album either makes you or kills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the things that there are always things on your first record that are different and interesting, and then yeah, uh, you'll either refine and improve on those things, or you'll lose it. 
on your second record. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of it. It's like you will either tighten up on the things that made you different, or you'll try to strip those things out to get a more refined sound and mm-hmm. just nose dives. Yeah. Um. By the way, Sean, if you happen to be listening to this, no pressure, dude. Yeah, no pressure. Do better next time. Oh. Uh, speaking of which, this you, is... you did fantastic. <laughs> Just I want you to do better next time, so I can have another album to listen to. <laughs> um, this wasn't something that we so we we're going to talk about, but it's come up a couple of times in the last few days. Sure, we're going to start trying to have guests on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we we talked about. You know, in our first couple of episodes, we're not really sure exactly what this podcast is going to turn into. And I think we obviously we're, we're going to keep working on this record and we're going to finish it and it's going to be a thing. Yeah, but, absolutely. But it's looking more and more like that's going to be like half of what this podcast is about, if, yeah. not, if not less than that. It's I mean, it's a portion of the podcast yeah. and it's a thing that we're going to do. Yeah. But I think having like. Because my worry about having it be about the album and that being the podcast, mm-hmm. like once that's done, what's the podcast? Yeah. So I think we can make it just more about talking about music and especially whenever, uh, not not strictly this, but uh, local artists or more specifically independent artists as much yeah. as possible. Um, Brayden, who did we see last night? I mean, we saw a few people, but uh, Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards? Yes. Yeah. I knew Johnny Manchild. I was thinking of like, mm-hmm. say it's Johnny Manchild and the something bastards, <laughs> poor bastards. Okay, yep. we saw them live last it was night. Their album release show for Insomnia, which uh, like eight hours after it dropped on Spotify, had over a thousand listens. Which for a yeah. indie OKC band is incredible. For an, for an indie OKC big band band, yeah. It. I mean, it was a great show. It's incredible. You know, uh, you know them personally. Yeah, I, I know uh, Johnny, the front man, and I know Ethan, their drummer, really well. Um, I don't know the rest of the guys so much, but but those two, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I I was blown away by the show. It was mm-hmm. it was one of the better shows I've been to. Period. Yeah. So um, we also saw a band called Guys on a Bus. Yeah. Uh, it's a group of guys that I knew from way back in high school. We did this uh, little uh, Christian tour thing out of Ozark Christian College, and we all met there. And that band actually formed on that tour, and they've been going ever since. And I've kind of kept one eye on them, just kind of like kept tabs on them. Yeah, seeing how they're doing, but um, never like dug real far into what's their music sound like these days or whatever. Just. See that, oh, they're touring, oh, they're recording, oh, that's cool, I'm glad that they're doing stuff. And uh, we saw them play, and they were incredible. They're, I mean, I, I had no idea who they were mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. And, I mean, I, like, I, I, it, they were good enough that I was worried that Johnny Manchild, like, they were going to get upstaged by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean that that set all of that set was amazing. Yep, I like I I went from not knowing who the fuck they were mm-hmm. to being a pretty big fan. Yeah, and they're all cool guys. Yeah, they're they're all super super cool. Um, I talked to Nathan, the uh, lead singer for the band, uh, after the show, and they're about to release an album uh, yeah. here in the next month. Uh, I think we're going to get to listen to it ahead of time. Yes. And then we will talk about it on the podcast. And I think they said they're going to be back in OKC. October, uh, November-ish. Yeah. And then um, we'll get them on the on the show and start talking about that. And, uh, you know, after kind of doing the, the shout-out to Sean Reedy, because uh, I don't know that he listens to this, but it, it's entirely possible that he – He's aware of it. Has or will. And he's definitely seen it uh, on Facebook. And like, uh, you know, I think that could be a much bigger element of what we're doing here is absolutely getting independent musicians on the show. And just maybe we just kind of talk about music and what they're doing and then plug their shit. Um, Yeah. That'd be 
completely fine with me. Just yeah. plug independent artists, especially plug local artists. Yeah. Which for the first several times that we do that, it's going to be more like they're plugging us. Uh, yeah, which they, is fine. Yeah, but you know, as if we make that a, a established thing, yeah. then I mean, well, that, that's kind of the 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 upside to it yeah. is we we get their audience and they get ours and, when we have one, and that, and we pick up parts of their audience, and then we plug a different band and they promote the podcast, and then parts of another band's audience starts listening to another band, and then they become their audience. Yeah, exactly. Just, Everyone grows. Everyone wins. Uh, collaboration is an amazing, wonderful thing. And like in, I mean, you obviously know this, but like in music, you collaborate or you die. Yeah, absolutely. Like you have to work with other artists in your scene, or you, you're 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 gone. Yeah, that's something that I think the uh, Oklahoma City music scene kind of forgot for a little while. And is remembering it now. Yeah, it's, it's stuff is really starting to happen here, and I'm really excited. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that lo- the, the show we went to last night was a local show, and mm-hmm. it was it was packed and it was fun and people were like people were energized. It was great. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody uh, happens to listen to this and you want to be on the pod, do a little mini interview cuz uh you know, you're a narcissist and people like to be interviewed or if anybody knows yeah. of any musicians and they're like, hey, you guys should get this guy on the podcast. Um, Humble egos need not apply. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, also, if anybody has any local music that they uh, either have made or they have local records that they like, um, send them our way and uh, we'll uh, occasionally – do some of those in place of our own suggestions. Sure. Um, I will make a disclaimer, um, and I think this is a positive thing. If we get your record and we honestly don't like it, uh, you know, we might give you some private criticism. Uh, yeah, but we're not we're not here to uh, you know be. Uh, we're not going to shit on your record. Yeah, we're not we're not Pitchfork magazine where if it sucks, we're just going to tell the world how awful it is. Yeah, no. Uh, if if we, if we don't think that it's uh, worth being promoted, we're not going to trash your album yeah. on air. We're, we'll just give like send you a message, be like, mm-hmm. hey, we, I don't think this is the right fit for yeah. right now. Like, I don't think this is what we want to put yeah. on the put on the show. Yep. Everybody, everybody always has their you know kind of first. Things and yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, my the first album I released with my first band sucked. It was the worst. Was this No Love for Aphrodite? Yeah, it, not the not the album that we released as No Love for Aphrodite, but there was uh, we had another name before. Yeah, and it got reviewed by some independent metal, um, like magazine or whatever, mm-hmm. or like site or something like they that. They call it a shit sandwich. Oh god, it, it got a three out of ten. That's that's impressive. Fuck you. Um, they basically said the guitar solos are good. Nothing else is. <laughs> and you know how I feel about your early guitar solos. Yeah, I know. It's a good thing I didn't review your record. People are like, nothing is good. <laughs> I think some of the songwriting had potential because I heard some of the early stuff. Um, like, oh, I can tell that these people will probably someday know how to write good songs if they keep doing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. That's not a bad place to be if you're in, you know. If you're 17 years old. Yeah. 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 Anyway, those are our albums. Uh, We want to get other people on the podcast. So if you're interested in being on it or you know somebody who you think should be on it, uh, just drop us a line and we'll we'll get people on here. If you have music that you think we should review, whether it's yours or someone else's, send it to us. If it sucks, we just won't review it. So. <laughs> yeah, we, just won't, we just won't talk about it. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll give you private we'll, – we'll, we'll tell you private like, hey, we don't think that this is going to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you really, if you come out with anything else, send it our way and we'll review and we'll see if that's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll never be anything but supportive. Um, we've all put out some really shitty work and I think it's really important that people don't be afraid to put out yeah. what they've created, whether it's good or not, because that's how you learn and that's how you grow. And um, You are never going to put out a masterpiece the first time you put out anything. Like you yeah. learn by doing mm-hmm. exclusively. Yep. I mean, yeah, that, that's, I mean, it's basically, that's it, right? There you go. Uh, 
So, Mac, have you made any progress on the album over the week? What album? Yeah. Um, I have, I played a show last weekend, and I tend to leave my guitar at work after I play shows because it's know. more convenient. So I haven't had a guitar at home all week, and I haven't done anything. Uh, I came up with the next part of that song. Good. So record it not on your iPhone. And then send it to me. What do you mean not on my iPhone? Well, the recording that I put in episode three, I don't know what it was, but it sounded like it was recorded, like playing back on your, uh, <laughs> your MacBook, but recorded with something else. <laughs> no, it was, it was the, the direct input from my Mac. Did you record it into Logic? Yeah. And then you bounced out the logic session? Yeah. We're going to have to talk about... Oh, we have so many things to talk about, Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving Brayden a, uh, a sort of a course in like recording fundamentals. Not even the... Re- the recordings are fine. It's it's like file management. And I'm terrible with it. He sent every single uh, episode of this that we've done, I asked him to send me his audio. Uh, we record... Obviously, like mono uncompressed audio, and then I get a stereo MP3 every time, and like <laughs> there are extra steps to get a stereo MP3. I don't even know how I'm getting them. And if you're concerned about size, you could send me a mono MP3. Like you have to click more buttons <laughs> to make a stereo MP3 happen. I don't understand. I don't know how it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay The next part that I wrote um, It actually goes mostly to 4-4 Good um, It's going to happen after a while Not entirely There's a bit that I don't know if this is possible Okay <laughs> It's not a good It's not a good thing <laughs> um, I It's got a half beat Okay like it's in two. It's not in. It's not in like five eight. So it goes from like four four to like nine seven or nine eight or something like that. It well, it goes from uh, it's like two and a half four. So five four or five eight. It's not. It's almost five eight. Well, if it's two and a half four, it's I've I've played it in five. It's like a master of puppets situation. Okay. Where it's just like there's a little thing. It's like it's almost this. It's, Oh, man. I'm assuming you're not recording any of this to a metronome. No. Putting drums to this is going to be challenging. Oh, I, fa- oh, I figured out the, like, the part that has already been on the pod. Mm-hmm. It's mostly 4-4, four, four, and there's one beat of 11-8. Like, there's one measure of 11-8 where it's got the little, like the higher part. Yeah. That's 11-8, but the rest of it's 4-4. Four, four. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's not that crazy. Okay. I just like throwing in time signatures. And then more time signatures. Mm-hmm. And then more time signatures. Yeah. I'm after, I wa- after a while, I wonder if you are doing it on purpose. What do you mean? We had the conversation uh, a couple weeks ago about how we don't intentionally write things just to be complicated. We just... Whatever comes out and it just happens to be something weird. Yeah, well, I, that is happening. <laughs> I was like, that sounds cool. And then I try to like map it out in a metro and I'm like, oh... Oh, mm-hmm. ah, fuck. It's actually, there's a part of me that wants to say, dude, just turn on a metronome and then write your shit while it's playing. No. But because that's going to make the job of putting drums to things and uh, editing things much easier. But uh, it results in less creative music. I, I really do prefer. I love it when things like that happen that are, you know, like the Master of Puppets thing where it's, where it's just off like, the grid. Yeah, it's, 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 it can't, it couldn't have happened Yeah, if they were like, okay, uh, that part's in 6-8, right? Yeah. I think they actually map it out as being in 5-4. Mm-hmm. If I can find that video, I will put a link in the, uh, in the uh, description, description of this, pod. of what video we're talking about. Uh, it is a video of kind of for guitar players, but it's, I think all the content is just kind of general music stuff. So, yeah. um, the missing 30 second note, <laughs> I think they, uh, <laughs> I think they eventually figured out it was, it was like technically like twenty one thirty two. Yeah. 
Which is stupid. You know, whatever. Um, that's not intentional. No, that's not what happened. It's uh, it's like in the verses of Smashing Pump, not Smashing Pumpkins. What? What am I saying? Master of Puppets. Master. Of Pu- <laughs> Those had a, some of the same syllables. <laughs> it's been a long day, y'all. Uh, in the a verses of Master of Puppets, um, everything's like you know grooving and in time. And there's a moment where there's Yeah, and then that thing is kind of just like all these guys they'd already been playing together for some like ten years, and they they can do it. They can just go but but and like. And they just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. And there's lot, they just like lose the like, time. Yeah. But it still works, mm-hmm. which is why every cover of Master of Puppets it's sounds wrong. wrong. Yeah. Like uh, Trivium's cover is wrong. Yep. Some 41 did a cover of Master of Puppets, and it was wrong. Um, in a song that uh, Pluto is working on right now, uh, there's a similar thing, but we go the other direction with it where there's a break. And it's like a little longer than it should be, mm-hmm. and it just it feels really cool. Um, yeah. And I'm we're we are actually demoing our next EP in Logic right now, and I'm okay. kind of having a headache on how I'm gonna make those drums work because I'm not gonna not record things to a click. I'm just gonna have to figure out where that break is and then program it in. It's gonna be a nightmare. I mean, it's going to be a nightmare. Or you could just make it some crazy-ass time signature. I'll probably just, every time that bar happens, I will drop the tempo slightly for just that one measure and then bring it back. Because there's nothing happening there. It's just silence that you expect to be like one beat long, but it's like a little bit longer than one beat. It's not two beats. No. It's not one beat. It's not even like one and a half beats or one one and a quarter beats. It's It's like like one and 1.7 three beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it's enough that if you're nodding along, you're going to feel a little bit of a drag and then the the downbeat hits. Which is good. That feels yeah. organic. Yeah, exactly. Because like, older songs did that shit all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm the, the, I work at the School of Rock in Edmond and um, some of our kids are working on uh, Alive by Pearl Jam. Yeah. And there's a, there's a sort of a breakdown in that where it's, uh, you know, uh, you're still alive, she said, or whatever the yeah. words are there. Um, and I had to explain to the drummer, it doesn't slow down. Mm. It doesn't really even get quieter. What happens is the, uh, the backbeat, that snare drum, just is late, just like slightly late just for that section. Yeah. Where you're not slowing down, the tempo doesn't change, you just let two and four hit little later than they should and i explained this to this this drummer and then it's like okay and he did it and every student in the room was like oh my god that sounds cool and i was like right yeah and that's that is proof some music's supposed to fucking work it's supposed to be people in a room feeling it Mm -hmm. yep you know and of course there's music that works just fine like edm only works because grid Mm -hmm. um but a lot, but albums, especially like rock or country or something like that, it only really works if you're in a mm-hmm. room and you and you feel it. Yeah, then you can still play to a metronome, but you've got to know how to sort of play around the click without yeah. without losing it. Yeah, you can't let the click rule your song. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really worked whenever Pluto did our uh, color cover of uh, "Come Together." Uh, we worked really hard to make it feel really organic. And we still did it to a metronome because uh, we were all in one room. So we were not doing multiple takes of drums and then multiple takes of whatever. We are doing multiple takes of the whole band. And I wanted to be able to have some room to edit those. Oh, but, wow. You, so you did that as a live band? Yeah. Uh, and then I just took one of the guitar takes from a different take. And that gave me my double guitars. Okay. And then we did vocals are mostly live. And then I wanted to do a couple of takes of just the vocals by themselves, but it sounded really wrong because the live vocals had lots of bleed in them, which wasn't a problem. Uh, it just was part of the sound. Yeah. And then when I did the uh, overdub vocals, suddenly there's this dry, clear vocal. And when I tried to edit them together, it doesn't work. It's a big difference. So what we wound up doing is uh, 
I recorded the vocals in the control room without headphones on, and we just blasted the mix over the monitors. That's super cool workaround. Yeah. Uh, it's that was kind of an eye-opener for me that that's a thing you can do and get away with. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of bands have done that, but I was like, surely there's a reason that it's weird that bands do that. But most people are just... It, it, if I wanted to micromanage the edit and tune the vocals, I wouldn't be able to. Well, it depends on like what, kind like of, what what feel are you going for? Are you yeah. going for like a like a clean studio feel, like a precise feel? Or are you yeah. going for a live feel? Yeah, exactly. And for a stoner rock song, it's not even a fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> you want to feel like you're getting punched in the gut. Yeah. So. Like you want to feel like the band is like in your room. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey Mac. Yeah. Guess what time it is? What time? Is it? What time this, is it? This, this podcast is brought to you by... Ah, oh, damn it. Do you have notes? <laughs> no, I don't have notes. I'm just going to remember it. <sighs> or do, do you have anything at all? Um, okay, give me a second. No, I got nothing, man. You I'm gonna be, nothing? I'm gonna be bad. This may just be a Braden segment. God I'm like, damn it! Just, I'm, I'm gonna say something, and I'm gonna give you a minute to think of something. Oh God! You say okay. anything. Okay. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Guys on a Bus. Guys on a Bus, Joplin, Missouri's best rock band. <laughs> oh man! This podcast is brought to you by Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. Making music that white girls from every generation can dance to. <laughs> well, we went to an after party at some. That's one of them. It was one of their houses, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, Johnny used to live there. He moved out, but uh, Ethan and it's a couple of the other great. guys, man, live there. Yeah. And this podcast is brought to you by collaborating with the local music scene. Collaborating with the local music scene. Join or die. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. I think that works. I think that's enough for for this yeah. one, man. You you gotta you gotta keep that in your mind. I know. Well, I didn't. I'm busy thinking about what I'm gonna say next, not what I'm gonna say later. <laughs> no, you you have to keep it in your head. Be like, oh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. I the guys on the bus. I had to I had to plug it because I, I was fucking blown away. Mm-hmm. Like that was amazing. Yep. Um. But before we get to our album recommendations, because I need to find an album to recommend you. Um, I have one. Um, and we're going to do singles, too. Yeah, we're going to do singles also. Mm-hmm. We'll do an album and a single. Do we want to talk about our project for next week? Um, sure. Go for it. Uh, so next week we are going to, uh, I think, in lieu of recommending uh, new albums next week, we're going to put together a... Uh, compilation of the best songs from Load and Reload by Metallica. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call it Unload. Yes. And, uh, there will be a playlist. We, we have often lamented about the fact that uh, making that a double album was a bad idea. There is it, probably exactly one great album worth of material between yeah, those there two. Yeah, inc- there was one incredible album out of those two albums. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to do that as part of our discussion next week. And that's going to be super fun. Yeah. Those two albums are eight of my favorite Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, you know, Brandon, we, we did a, a classic uh, live recorded podcast uh, error. What was that? We did not talk about the thing we intended to talk about today. What do you mean? Uh, but I think we can save it for next week. Wait, what the fuck are you talking? What? Right. We're gonna talk about art. We'll talk about art next week. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about who's doing our art, but that'll be yeah, that'll be next week. We don't actually have an answer to the question, just like the al- uh, album and sort of project name. Uh, yeah. From last week, it's gonna be a discussion about sort of what we're looking for and what we're thinking about and all that. Yeah. By the way, I have like seven albums. I'm I'm flipping back and forth. Between. Okay, you got to pick one, and then you got to pick one song. Okay. Um, well, I forgot mine. I had well, it, and now I forgot it. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, I remember it. Go. You remember it? Hold on. We were going to talk about something else before we talked about the albums. What was it? What were we going to talk about? <laughs> there was something I wanted to talk about before we talked about the albums. Oh God! 
I forgot. I don't know. Okay, that's gone forever. All right. This is why this is why show notes are great. Yeah. Okay. We're bad at show notes. Mac, what's your album for me? Uh, my album for you this week is going to be Clockwork Angels by Rush. It is the last Rush album. How long is this album? It's the length of a normal album. Okay. There's just fewer songs on it. Okay. <laughs> it's their last uh, album. It is their... First concept album since like 21. No, not 21, 12. It would have been later than that. Um, probably Hemispheres. Okay. Um, it's really, really great. Um, one thing that I really love about Rush in general is, you know, they, they were a band for a long ass time. Yeah. They did a lot of sort of revolutionary things with their music that then went to influence a bunch of bands and they were never at all afraid and were fairly public about the fact that they would kind of seek out bands that were inspired by them and then they would in turn take inspiration from that oh yeah um, and uh, you can hear some a lot of that on this last record and some things that I uh, I found really striking and you can probably pick out some of the bands that they're pulling from when you listen to that. So, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Let me see. I'm still looking. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Fuck. Uh, 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 okay, I'm just going to go with my first idea for what I wanted you to listen to. Okay. The album I want you to listen to is High Top Mountain by Sturgill Simpson. Okay. Cool. Um, it is a country Album, excellent. I mean, it is like some straight up '70s style outlaw country. Okay, it is most country album. It is more. It's more country than Metamodern was. I have still not heard Metamodern sounds of country music. Wait, you've never heard Metamodern sounds of country music? I have not. All right, changing my album of the week. You're listening to Metamodern <laughs> sounds of country music by Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> like, if you thought this, this one was good, listen to this one. Like, I haven't heard. I haven't heard. This that is one. his master. Metamodern is his masterpiece. Yeah. Okay. It's incredible. It's his uh, magnum opus. Yes. Okay. Mac, what is your single for me? That's a good question. You suggested this. I did, and then I forgot what I was gonna what I was gonna suggest. You know, I think I was gonna have you listen to a track off of Clockwork Angels. And now you gotta pick something else. And then I decided let's do that one instead. Um, do you have a single for me? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, the song that I want you to listen to is uh, Slaves and Bulldozers by Soundgarden. Okay, excellent. Um, let's do... Okay, hang on. I cleared out my Spotify stuff, so I'm trying to find something to be... Okay, here's what we're going to do. That's right. This is my plan. Uh, I was going to suggest that you listen to... Um, what's it called? Uh, kind of Blue by Miles Davis. That was going to be my suggestion. Okay. Uh, but... I think instead, I'm just going to have you listen to, uh, I got to find the track list and make sure I'm not being a super terrible person and, uh, giving you the wrong song. God, when did Kind of Blue come out? He's got so much music on Spotify. I just want Kind of Blue. Um, this is a continuation of uh, I'm kind of walking Braden through my journey into Jazz? Liking jazz You're not walking me through this You are grabbing my shirt collar and dragging me through it But it's working You had an update I did I re-listened to We Like It Here By Snarky Puppy After having listened to The Aristocrats I like it way more now Good, 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 good Um I'm not still not going to listen to it a lot, but it is on my rotation now. Awesome. Uh, so it's the first track off of uh, Kind of Blue. I want you to listen to So What by Miles Davis. 
so what? Yeah, it's kind of the like stairway to heaven of the small jazz combo world in that like if you want to point if some if you want someone to point to you like okay, what is like a song that perfectly kind of represents this kind of music mm-hmm. um, to the point to where people that are really into it are going to be like, oh, of course, that one. And maybe, sli- maybe slightly annoyed with the suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would be it? So what? Mm-hmm. Um, it really is a great example of how this kind of music is really a conversation between musicians and uh, everybody is responsible bonding to things that other people have done. People aren't coming up with ideas. They are responding to something that the last person played. Um, so it's got a really cool uh, um, vibe to it. And okay. Something that I enjoy quite a lot, and I think, I think you'll like it. Okay. I, I will, I will listen to it. Just that one song. So and just we, will, we will talk about it. Okay. We might be able to talk about it with Steve in person. That would be cool. Does that mean we have to make Steve listen to it? I mean, I'll just make Steve listen to it on the drive down here. It's only nine and a half minutes long. So. Fuck <laughs> you. It's a jazz song. It's, to be fair, Slaves and Bulldozers is seven minutes long. Okay, so. Great. so we've given each other an album and a half to listen to for next week. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Mac, do you have your catchphrase for the week? I do. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Whenever you're ready, we can do this. All right. Local Vegan mac and cheese. <laughs>